from Dawn Passage giving chase at shades of last year. Arkadimus from Dawn Passage, but Count the Rupee is descending on them quickly. And Count the Rupee takes the lead now in the gong of the 150. Nudges running home to second. And then came Yamazaki. But it's a local victory. Count the Rupee for Brock Ryan. Won it by two lengths to none. G'day listeners. Welcome to another episode of Triple J Racing Weekly. Fresh off the back of a pretty good performance last weekend, mate, with a few winners there in uh, Alpha One, Shades of Rose, and a couple of other nice uh, winners we'll get into in a minute. But uh, more importantly, mate, how are you doing there, Bryce? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. And well done last weekend. You're on, you're on fire with your selections. And as you touched on, really impressive. Alpha One was uh, super impressive with the jump and run and a couple of other nice winners. So overall, mate, it was, it was a handy weekend. Um, and I feel like... A lot of the ones that were sort of at the, at the shorter price were getting the job done that, that we uh, hopefully threw punters in with some confidence. And good to see Shades of Rose got into about that $1.70 I had of that and uh, J-Mac got it to really settle and we got to see the best of the horse, which was good to see. How have you been, mate? Yeah, really good, thanks. Just uh, finished up down there at Canberra Grange this afternoon watching my horse uh, Headstock having his second run of his career and I thought he went really well, mate. So looking forward to his preparation and think you'll be... Uh, one to look out for, second and third up, hopefully in the right races. But yeah, mate, um, obviously I got my best bet home in Alpha 1 last weekend. Uh, you had Shades of Rose, so while they were they were pretty short, they um, got the job done really, really well. And what a horse this Alpha 1 is, 955 just on the rail and absolutely mm. gave him windburn there. And another bloke I wanted to touch on was Hugh Bowman. Um, I thought he was going to have a good weekend, but how good were his rides on uh, Wicklow and Pizarro there on the weekend? Yeah, really good. The timing of Pizarro was spot on. Um, excited to see how it measures up um, this weekend as well. But it's got a bright future, that horse, and well found from you, mate. It's uh, The gears are starting to click for it, so it was good to see. Yeah, definitely deserved that win, and I was a little bit nervous there when I seen Hugh sort of peel out and he was making a move early. I thought, oh, he's going to have to hang on here, but he, he did the job well, and um, as I said, yeah, really deserved the win. So he is one to watch out for this weekend on the seven-day backup if he goes around, but uh, we might get into things now, mate. Looking looking ahead of the weekend, we've got the Group 2 Missile Stakes, which is a um, lead-up race for the Everest. There's a couple here trying to get a one of them last couple of slots, so really excited about that, and uh, We'll uh, do what we did last weekend, which was cover, the, you know, the horses we're keen on from around the ground. So we'll start with Ramwick, which is a, a soft six at the moment. Um, I'm hoping that it improves into that soft five range. And with the true rail, mate, I think um, hopefully it's a fair deck there on the weekend. And obviously, if we can get out of that soft seven range, it'll be quite good. So um, you got any sort of thoughts on how the track's going to play? Yeah, it's... Uh... I think it should be playing okay, mate, especially with this kind of uh, weather. I was getting a little bit concerned with, with Canterbury on Wednesday, but started even out a bit uh, towards the end. But I think it should be playing okay now that the weather's settled down a little bit and they won't uh, be trying to look for the best ground as much, which is good. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to hopefully just seeing a proper fair track uh, with every horse getting their opportunity, you know, leading um, and running on from the rear. So that'll be quite nice, mate. Uh, we'll start in uh, race six. I think you've got one for us there, mate. Actually, you got one for us in race four. We'll start there. Yeah, race four. There's a lot, lot going on in here, and I'm really uh, weary about the upside of I've been trying. It's, it's got a lot of potential and a good horse. I like how it found the line last start, but I've landed on one here at odds, mate. And this is Cruel Summer, and it's, it's been crooked this prep. It's lost two by the absolute space of a nose, but 
the thing here, mate, with the price with Cruel Summer, you go look through its four runs this prep. It's uh, It's been in this grade the last three starts and it's missed by a nose the past two runs. So it's uh, just on the weights here. It, it stays at the same weight. It stays in the same grade. Yes, we've got a sticky barrier, but we're getting $15 again. And the market just continually overlooks this horse, mate. Like the, the past two times it's gone within an nostril, it's been backed in from 10s to 5s. The book is always pretty generous about it. I don't think this race is much harder than what it's seen. So at the $15 mark, Reese Jones just needs to get a little bit of cover early from the wide draw. I don't see why that isn't in the finish again. And uh, when you go look through, it lost to a Sony by a nose. And I think that horse has plenty of upside and uh, just lost to Monte Felicity as well. So no problems with the form. Handles soft ground. I can't see why it's $15, mate. Looks a good price runner there, Cruel Summer. Uh, one in this race that I was a little bit sort of taken by and uh, keep my eye on was the, the favourite, Conqueror. Uh, while I don't want to tip anyone in at that price, I think there's something something about this horse. Um, obviously, came out first up at on the Kensington back in February and won quite well and looked like a real imposing colt in the yard. Uh, I thought Seven Vales went on to, to go pretty well after that race. And I'm just interested that they tipped him straight out. Here he is returning again off two trials. Hugh Bowman rode in both of those trials and obviously can't get down to the 53 kilograms. That's why Pikey goes aboard, uh, drawn well in midfield. I just think this might be a horse that Waller has a bit of time for, considering they obviously didn't press on after that debut win. They just put him straight back out and bring him out now. And um, I think he's trialing really well. So, look, he's a bit short, but I do think Conqueror is going to be pretty hard to beat in that race. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that, definitely. Race six, we've got a 1,000-metre uh, New South Wales Jockeys Reunion, which is a benchmark 78. We know that Miatawa is going to run this at a pretty good tempo there with uh, Hugh Bowman aboard. Mate, I'm pretty keen on Spurn over there at the $4.40. I just think that she's a typical Hawks horse with a stack of ability that they've been pretty patient with. And uh, the thing with her is, last prep at Mooney Valley first up, I think it was one of the, the horror watches of the year. The horse was clearly going to win that race and just hit a dead set brick wall. She then went and had two heavy track runs where she wasn't disgraced, uh, finishing third in the first one. And then, you know, I think just had enough at the end of that preparation on heavy tracks. You know, prior to that, she was unbeaten. And if she wins that Mooney Valley race on a good deck, she's unbeaten on anything anything better than a soft six, really. So I think her two trials <clears throat> leading, or her one trial, sorry, leading into this one, she looked absolutely excellent around good quality horses. Barrier five, I think she'll sit just off the pace there in behind and get every opportunity. And with this improving track, I think she's the best horse in this race. Mountai, obviously, you know, stacks of ability, but, I mean, he just does things and things wrong all the time. He's a massive parade yard watching. He's got 61 and a half kilos here. Um, so, interesting race, mate, but uh, you had one you liked here as well. Yeah, I'm going with, um, and I'm really worried about Smirnova. I was on it, um, I've been with it for quite a while. It's it's a really talented horse, but I think the one the market's overlooked, and I'm getting away from my Gibbons bias here, but uh, Van Giers, if you go have a look through its form, mate, its first up form is sensational. Uh, it's run first up, I know he's a bit off the boil, but second behind the bopper and beat home Remlap's Gem, and we know what Remlap's Gem has done since. I think it went on to win three or four right after that. You go have a look at its fresh run prior. It was right behind Graham Ramore. This this horse, mate, it finished off um, the end of last prep. Uh, just two runs prior, it missed by half a length in this grey, carrying 58 kilograms. 
Now we get Dylan Gibbons and have a look at the weight with his claim. It gets all the way down to 50, 53.5. Oh, sorry, 54.5. So he's going to be running around with absolutely nothing. Maps to sit just midfield. And if you go off that form of last prep and uh, it's only missing Quinella once first up, I can't see the $11, mate. I don't really understand it. And uh, I mean, what would the bopper be in this race at its best and Remlap's gems? So I'm giving Van Gies a lot of respect. I know the four wins from 26 starts is a bit of a worry, but it's it's two wins over this trip. So it loves this trip. And you go through it, through its form last prep. It's third behind Dragonstone and DeGruyn, um, third behind Impassi by half a length. So it's always been around the mark in this grade. Both of those were BM78s. But with that Gibbo claim, it just goes down three kilos and fresh. I'm ticking a lot of boxes, mate. I'd have it a lot shorter than double figures right now. With respect to Smirnova, who I think is, as you said, the massive danger, I'd be pretty keen to take both of them, to be honest. Yeah, great call there. And I certainly am, am one who definitely takes weights into, into account. And, and obviously, Van Giz is the one here that's extremely real, well-weighted. And the thing, we know that Van Giz is going to get out in trip. And you look through the the, the, the field here, you've got Mountor, Rita May is going to go forward. Cardiff's going to go forward. There might be one or two from our wide that go forward. So we're going to get that pace on, which which could open it up for a runner that's just going to, you know, sort of smoke the pipe at the rear there and come down the outside. It might be Van Giz and... Um, if one thing we can note about Dylan Gibbons is that he certainly knows how to time his runs on these horses. So, um, yeah, I think that you're onto one there, mate. But um, I'm pretty keen on Smyrnova and, and I'm hoping that uh, the Hawks have got, got a nice one about it, ready to go first up. Going to get straight into the to – the, oh, race eight, sorry it is. Straight into the big one. Um, oh, apologies there, punters. You got one for race seven, don't you, Brosy? Off to a shocker here, mate. Uh, 1,800 metre yeah. recovery partners prelude. You like the favourite here or are you playing around? Yeah, I do, mate. I'm sorry, the second favourite. Just with Alcyon, the, the again, with the weights, mate, if Bruce Jones gets down to 51.5, you go have a look at the last start win. It actually rated the best of this bunch. So I'm thinking all it needs to do is hold its form. Um, and I know horses can sometimes put in that, that poor second up run. So I'm, I'm factoring that in, but... If there's any improvement or if Alcyon just holds its format, I don't see why it doesn't go extremely close in this. A two and a half length win with 60.5 kegs, it absolutely plummets, nine kilos. Uh, there's a few here I think the jury's out with. So I'm, I'm respecting the favourite and um, I know that it's well placed. It gets a good draw, loves this trip. Uh, but look, I just think Alcyon at that $4.50 is pretty dangerous, mate. If it's going to get down to the weight that it is, uh, it's going to be pretty hard to hold out with even luck from the draw with Reese Jones again. Have you got anything in that race? Well, I took into account exactly what we were talking about in the last one, which was the the drop in weights, as you just mentioned there, with Alcyone. Um, and I'm keen on the two you mentioned, Alcyone, and also uh, Lord Ardmore. And, and I was just so impressed with Lord Ardmore's win last start, going from 1,300 first up to an 1,800-metre effort second up on a heavy truck. And he just blew them away running good time. And I just thought, geez, that was something special. And... I don't, I don't know. I think there might be a little bit of something there that he could have a, a run where he goes sort of backwards in the ratings and, and, and is a little bit uh, down because it was just such a big effort there last start. Hugh Bowman gave it an absolute peach. And I think there might be a little bit more early pressure in this one. He's not going to get that, uh, you know, sort of easy easy work of it up front. And um, I think the horse that comes into play there is the one you mentioned, Alcyone. Obviously, um, doing some special things and 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 Cummings knows what he's doing there, getting it out in trip to the eighteen hundred and yeah, that first up run was excellent. And as you said, 
Um, absolutely plummets in weight into the absolute minimum. So tough race for me, mate, but I'd probably side with you there and go with the better odds of Alcione, I reckon. Absolutely. And as you said, mate, good golf, and they're not, they don't get things wrong that often. And I think step out in trip, as long as it just doesn't put in that flat run and it holds its ratings, if you're going to run the best last start rating of this bunch and you get to drop nine kilograms, it's a pretty good bet for mine. Absolutely. And uh, I think off that run straight away, they would have targeted this race. And I think if you're going to give a young horse an opportunity against th- these types, uh, now's the time to do it. So I think you're right there, mate. I'm really excited to hear your thoughts on this next race. And that's why I was sort of almost pushing you there, um, you know, a couple of minutes ago on the podcast a bit early. But um, yeah, there's a few runners here that are sort of putting their hands up for an Everest slot. I know Bjorn Baker's throwing Bellucci Babe into the mix. Prices want to get Counter Rippy in there. Um, you know, there's a couple of other runners. So really interested to hear your thoughts here, mate. Um, you got one for us in race eight? Really tough one, mate. This is the hardest of the day. I've, I've got the soft spot in the heart for Count to Rupi. Um, when I declared it to Luigi uh, coming off, uh, I think it was in the highway. And I remember since that day forward, mate, I've had a good soft spot for it. Rattled home in the last when uh, all the boys launched it. So it's done me well over the years. I know you're a big fan of the horse and, and a big fan of Brocky Ryan. And it's hard to, I thought its placement was a bit weird. On the wet tracks, mate, I would have been scratching it. So these conditions will suit it better. Um, getting off the heavy decks, uh, anything but dismissing uh, the rupee. Halal's one that is impossible to catch, but this is the kind of thing that can win at double figures without shocking anyone at all. Forbidden love, you know what you're going to get on the speed, hard to peg down. And if I had to pick one, mate, it's, it'd be between uh, obviously Count de Rupee, but Belushi Babe is dangerous. I know um, there's a lot of prospects with this horse. He's run some absolute bottlers in his career. And like you go to have a look through the form, there is a fourth there behind Nature Strip and Eduardo. And uh, that Shelby 66 form when that horse was airborne. So very hard one to knock. James McDonald weighted nicely. So if I had to pick two, mate, it'd be Counter Rupi and, and Bellucci Bay. But you can throw a blanket over this bunch for mine. Um, Halal is probably the smoky that I wouldn't be dismissing despite it being really hard to catch. Um, keen to see your thoughts, mate. What have you landed on in this one? Yeah, I think he can win. I think he can win the race, Count de Rupi. Um, I think he's the one that might be ready to go here. I think he's one of the horse in this race that races well fresh. And I wanted to get back into that good force off five range because I don't think he's best suited on a, um, on a wet track due to his turn of foot. But yeah, I just think he draws well here. There's obviously a couple of runners that can shoot forward. Embracer and Prime Candidate are going to make this, you know, run at a reasonable tempo. Um, as I said, I think Fresh is good for him. I think Brocky will push forward and he'll take his time getting to into a position, but he'll get it, he'll get in there just behind the speed. And I think he's got the turn of foot to beat these first up over twelve hundred. Um, I'm not keen on the Aussie Bloodstock runners. I just think they're probably more suited on a wet track, or the bottom two are certainly more suited on a wet track. The two in the middle, Gem Song and Special Reward, I think a bit out of their depth here. Um, and I thought that that landed me with Halal, Forbidden Love, and Counter Rupee. And Forbidden Love did some terrific things last preparation, all on a heavy track, all around that 13, 14, 1500 meter range. And I just think if we can get a track here that gives Counter Rupee that opportunity to turn, show his turn of foot, I think he's going to go really well here first up. And they trialed against each other the other day, Counter Rupee and Forbidden Love. And although they were both very similar in, in the way they, they work. So. Six and 220, I'm keen as, one times four. I think Ruby's going to run a big race on Saturday and 
I think he might even put his hand up for the Everest with all these all these runners getting a bit older, you know, mate. Like Nature Strips getting older, Eduardo's getting older. They need a bit of fresh blood in the Everest, and I do think he's a level below those. But I think a big performance on Saturday would give him the opportunity to, to go there. So Rupee's the one for me, and in a massive uh, fear factor about Bellucci Babe. I think Bellucci Babe's the first up jet, also trialing well, gets J-Mac, and I think Baker's a bit serious about this horse this time around. So oh, I'm really excited about the race. I think it's going to be a cracker on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you're spot on about all you said, mate. And the thing with Halal is, and I know from a punting perspective, it's a really hard horse to catch, but you got that 2.5 lengths off Converge with Animo just in front of it and uh, the 0.2 length loss to Animo last prep and then obviously just didn't really go on the heavy decks. So I'm extremely weary because if it's bringing that Animo run, I don't think they're going to beat it. Um, double figures right now could seem a bit silly. And getting off the wet tracks, I think both Count de Rupi and Halal are the two in this race that you can say their form is just on wet decks. Scratch the last couple of runs and go off prior. It's outstanding for this kind of race. So I think the three you've landed on made it pretty fair. I think the four we've got could even uh, box them up and get something going there. Yeah, the interesting thing about Halal as well, you have to take into account when you do your form is at Randwick, mate, he just absolutely loves it. Two wins, three seconds, and a third from seven starts at Randwick. That's almost wiping out all of his victories on his on his sheet there. So, you know, he absolutely loves the track. I think 1,200 is a bit sharp for him first up, coming into this off one 900-meter trial. I don't think this is a target race for him, whereas a couple of the others I think it might be. But uh, anyway, it's an absolutely cracking race. And I'm looking forward to this next one too, mate. I found a bit of value in race nine, uh, which is 1,600-meter Jockeys Association benchmark 78. The favourite's contributing factor, who was a last start winner, mate. I'm keen on Casino Kid. Um, I just think that what he did first up was was pretty excellent. He was one of the only runners all day to crack 12 seconds for his last 200. That's for a horse who, you know, he's not suited at all at the 1,100 metres. Uh, he ran home in 11.82. Getting out of the 1,600 metres suits him a lot. Um, and I just think this might be one of them stables where Jan Bowen obviously trains him. You don't really know what, what she's doing with him at home, but I think she's got a lot of work into him this time around. And, and I think, I know he's going 1,100 to 1,600, but he's that type of flop out of the back horse run on late. Showed enough with his first up run with the sectionals there. I think he's over the odds here at this price. And I like the booking of Sam Cliberton. So, you know, when I see a runner like that, put up a huge first up effort, sectionals like that, getting out of his right trip in a race like this, with, with tempo on. I mean, look at the go-forward horses here. So I'm keen on him to run a big race. Um, it might be one run short. I know everyone's saying that, but they might be spot on there. But at the price, I'm keen on Casino Kid. Who did you like there? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned it, mate. It isn't a podcast without one of us landing on one together. And I've, I'm with Casino Kid, but I also want to allude on silent agenda. And I know I was keen on it last weekend where I was caught wide, but... This is a thing with racing, mate. You can pick up on patterns sometimes. And this is what happened with Wild Chap yesterday when um, managed to nab it at, at double figures. It was it was back at its home deck where it's four out of four on and its form came out of nowhere. The thing with Silent Agenda, mate, so if you go have a look through its previous preps, fifth up into its prep, it won. Then its next prep, fifth up, won again. <laughs> next prep, fifth up and it won again. And then next prep, fourth up at one and fifth up it pulled up with breathing issues. So it's fifth up now and it runs at Randwick. And the last three times it's run at Randwick, it's won at $19, it's won at $15 and it lost, but it was only second up. So I feel like the last few times, mate, they've put it at Randwick fifth up, it just wins and it wins and it wins at odds. The only time that's 
botched and didn't work. It was second up. It wasn't quite ready. Ready, sorry. And the winner of that race was Crosstalk. So my point is here, it's fifth up into its prep. It's three from four at this stage of its prep and it's two from three at this track. Both times it's won, it's been at double figures. So, I mean, you go figure those patterns, mate. And I think the stable are thinking to themselves, this is bang on when this horse wins. Barrier seven, I know, and then I'm relying on Reese Jones to pull through a bit on the weekend. But if he can get, sorry, Tyler Schiller on this one, but if he can get it into the nice spot from barrier seven, this is exactly when Silent Agenda wins races. And you go have a look at that win ratio, mate, six from 48, two from three on this track, and this time of prep is when it wins. That, but this just looks spot on um, set up for it. I wouldn't be surprised if they send that into a lot shorter and it goes extremely close with even luck in running. Fifth up, mate. This this is this is when the agenda wins. So I'm uh, I'm really keen on that, and I'm really keen on Casino Kid because, as you alluded on, uh, it's enormous odds, and it, its run was was outstanding for the day. Contributing factor, just not sure about that form. First lights, what a lot of what ifs. Um, I'm happy to land on those two at double figures. You've absolutely nailed that about this race with so many what ifs. I went through the field and I went, oh, I just found convictions with so many runners, and I went, well. Casino Kid, I've seen it first up when I'm going to follow you and now the race has popped up where I'm not overly keen on anything else. So, And and, and you're spot on about Silent Agenda. He's obviously a horse that um, takes a bit to get going and, and um, Joe Pride's a master trainer at placing his horses. So we might have two at um, good value there to keep an eye on on Saturday and I'd suggest that yours is going to go forward and mine's going to run on from the rear. So uh, might be even chasing yours down at the end of the race, hopefully. Um, well, we'll head to Flemington now, mate, which uh, we've got some strange conditions there. We've got a soft six at the moment, rails out 10 metres, and there's rain predicted now until race day. Not a great deal, but I'd suggest uh, we might have a wet deck there, maybe a soft seven, heavy eight. Um, with the 10 metre rail, I'd like to think it's going to play fair, but um, they might start coming pretty wide on the wide on the track there, I believe. Uh, but you've got one for us in race two, which is the 1,410 metre Villa Paradiso benchmark 84. Yeah, that's it, mate. And I've kept my day pretty short on Saturday. I'm, I'm trying to plonk some things at odds, but I'm just, I'm thinking with the best horse in this race, that's Quintello. Um, yeah, I think it's the right form. The Sydney form holds up. Fresh, it just, it's such a bomb. I, I, I think the, the jury's out in a few of these as well, mate. Mississippi, I mean, the win rate's just so concerning. It, it brings in the right ratings, Jamie Carr, but it's extremely hard horse to catch. Star Eden has that form around Yonks, but I mean, that's two from 16. So a lot of these don't really, you know, they just don't really have the, the win rate. Quintello is four from 10 and it's two from three first up. So I'm ticking boxes there. Mark Zara aboard, even luck from the draw. I think it's the best horse in the race quite clearly. So I'm happy to take that $3.30, mate. I think it's going to be really hard to beat. What do you think? I agree with you, mate, and I just think that you're spot on. The Sydney form always stands up, and I can't get that uh, Quintello win back at Randwick out of my mind where he just put the sword to Elusive Jewel and a couple of others down the outside on a pretty wet track. And um, I think, you know, he's, she's sorry, she's been freshened up for this, and, yeah, I think um, she's the consistent horse in the field. So, you know, $3 looks a great price. Race four is the 2,000-metre, the Riverside, uh, benchmark 78. Blue Cup's the favourite at $4.80. Who's winning this one, mate? Yeah, look, I'll, I'll try and keep this one short, but forget the last few runs of Kissinger because it had breathing issues the start prior. Um, the run before that, it just had no luck. But oh, look, I'm really confused here, mate. If you cut the race out and you just put awesome Sun and Kissinger together, if you just 
Just put those two together. We've got Awesome Sun, who right now is $7, and Kissinger's $46. Last time they met, there was a head between them. The Awesome Sun and Kissinger, Kissinger gets 4.5 kegs off. So I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, rightio, if I could reprice this race just off that run and, and forget Kissinger's past few, I'll be having, if Awesome Sun's seven, I'll be having Kissinger fives or less. It meets it a truck better, mate. It meets it, it should, uh, a few lengths on weights better for a head between them in the margin. So I saw the $46 for Kissinger and went barrier seven, a little bit sticky, but geez, it's finding that form again. It has to be going terribly close. Pennant's last three runs or it's had legitimate issues. I reckon it's right in this race. And bear in mind that that run was over the 2,000, which it gets here. I don't know why uh, there's, there's $40 between them, mate. I reckon Kissinger's a cracker at that price. On weights, I think it'll be scooting past the awesome sun, to be honest. I, I don't know why it's, uh, it's six times the price or, or even more. Yeah, and Kissinger likes a wet truck as well out of Tavistock there with a soft truck's ideal for for him. And um, I think a midfield draw in that type of race on Saturday with a bit of tempo, I think that'll be perfect, mate. But uh, I've got absolutely nothing for that race. I I, um, I had a quick look at it and thought i got a lot of work to do on that, but uh, certainly not throwing anyone into that race uh, early on in the week. I do like one in race five, though, um, which is the Ori Star 1200 metre. I thought King of Sparta was pretty special there winning last start on a coming out of a barrier that I thought he had no chance in. Um, obviously got a, an absolute peach from McNeil, but he was very strong through the line. Uh, he's obviously first go up the straight here, but I think you'll be able to find cover with Calcani Royal jumping out next to him and obviously going forward. I think Zara will just pop on the back of Calcani Royal and hopefully get that cover and uh, explode over the last 200 metres, I'm hoping. But I just love what I saw out of him last start. And I think that we're only going to see better this this next start now. So I think he's the best horse in the race. Um, serious suspect, obviously, absolutely loves the straight. Uh, and that's probably the one I'm a bit, bit concerned about. And uh, goes all right on a soft deck as well. So, uh, look, man, I'm keen on King of Sparta and a bit worried about serious suspect. Have you got, you got one you're keen on? I did a write-up this one for back a winner, and I think you've nailed it down, mate. Just folks, probably a nice one at odds with its Marabi form and fresh, but I saw the um, the $4.20 shooting gulp for gold and scratched the head, mate. It's I reckon that's taken over Andre 2000's uh, role at Outcast. That horse is absolutely gone. I, I, I saw the, yeah, $4, mate. In this type of field, and from what uh, shooting for gold is coming from, oh, I've got no idea I'd be happy to take double figures for it if I was a bookie. So King of Sparta and Serious Suspect, as you said, mate, I think they're a Quinella job. King of Sparta, super impressive last start. Shooting for gold, oh, geez, I'd never see more. <laughs> Jeez, mate, I hope Shooting for Gold doesn't win. Otherwise, I'll be whacking that up on the Triple J Racing socials <laughs> for all the Bryce Parker supporters. Anyway, I, uh, I'm keen on King of Sparta there, mate, so hopefully you can get the job done. We're going to skip forward now to race nine. This is an absolute cracking race. I'm that keen on it. The 1100-meter jockey celebration, benchmark 84. Uh, obviously, the reason I'm keen on it is I've been all over this horse from the horse camp in fire. Uh, I think what he's been doing has been pretty pretty special. And he's, he's absolutely Mr. Progressive here, um, doing special things in weaker grade, obviously at the midweeks. But I was just so impressed by that big win he had. Uh, in February, he's had a five-month break, comes out on a heavy track, 1,000 metres, and just bolts in. Um, it's it's the right time now to head to town, uh, well-weighted, and I think he's going to measure up here out of barrier seven. 
just sort of sitting off the pace and then exploding late. Um, oh, well, he's obviously going down the straight, but hopefully you'll find a bit of cover there from Barrier 7. And I think um, at this stage of the day, we're tracked down the straight. I think you'll want to be sort of midfield come out wider. Um, Squid Game is going to be going to the rear from the inside. He's the one I'm worried about, and he's going really well. Uh, William sticks there. So I think it's a cracking race. I think five should be three bucks, not two dollars thirty. But uh, I can't, I can't go around him. Have you got a, you got an opinion on fire or squid game? Yeah, look, you, you spot on about fire, mate. And I've, I was on its first few runs. I'm guilty of jumping off last start, thinking it was going to be underdone. Uh, I can't remember the horse I backed, but I think it was twenties in the sixes, and it pulled up with an issue. But the thing with, as you touched on, mate, not only progressive, but fire was. <laughs> mad drifter in the market that day it just blew like the wind late you were getting nearly three dollars about it when it opened uh much much shorter so to me that probably said a little bit underdone needs the run and if it's come out and done what it's done good luck beating it uh this weekend i, I do think it's extremely hard to beat as you said probably want a little bit more in the price but that being said i i, I see it very hard to beat i can't imagine they'll beat it Squid Game's probably the one I'm a little bit worried about. That's um, yeah, I think Fire's heading in a big, big direction, mate. Any improvement off that last run? I don't reckon they're going to get near it. Spot on, Fire to finish off our day down there at Flemington with a bang. Uh, we'll head to your territory now, mate. Doombin, soft five, rail in the true position. Hopefully, back onto a good deck on Saturday. I'm assuming. Uh, we'll start with race five, mate. You've got one for us there. The current favourite is Get the Idea. Uh, over sixteen hundred yeah. metres. Yeah, I'm uh, pretty keen on Ocean Treaty here, mate. The, the thing is, uh, obviously, Lloyd got uh, suspended for not riding it out fully on the line. You go watch the replay. It's yeah, it's pretty savage watch. Um, he's an incredibly good rider. He just uh, had a bit of a brain fade that day. So we're getting a good price here because Benny Thompson's four out of five aboard. Ocean Treaty's one out of one over the track and trip. It's weighted nicely. It just it just looks so well primed here, mate. It should have won last start. Um, you're ticking a lot of boxes here. Loves the track. And um, a little bit of juice in the ground holds no fears. I think it, uh, it looks the one in this. So I'm really keen on Ocean Tree. Need a little bit of luck from the draw, but I think jury's out with most of these uh, horses who are all very hard to catch. I'm going with the one with the good strike rate. I like it, mate. I'll be jumping on board with you there. I think that uh, only second up into the campaign with improvement off that first up run uh, is enough to swing my way over get the idea who I think is going to be hard to beat. But um, we're getting more price about a horse. I think, you know, getting into the preparation, whereas the other one's sort of coming out of it. Race nine, uh, I've got one there for you. Uh, it's the Brothers Rugby Club Handicap, 78, 1,350 metres. I was really keen on Rabamos uh, first up there at Rose Hill. Um, he's $6.50 here and the reason I was keen on him then he was coming out of two trials where I thought he just looked in really good order and he was you know being held up behind horses there and uh, you know given that opportunity to unleash and I think he his first start run at Rose Hill was, was a day where you wanted to be on the inside and he was trying to come he was off fence he was trying to come out wide and make a run and he, he certainly um, faded in the run but I think this track here on Saturday, Doombin with the true rail, I think is going to be fine for those horses coming down down the outside lane. And I think you'll probably sit midfield um, and, and hopefully get a gap off a pretty strong tempo. And I just I didn't want to jump off him after. I was really keen on him out of trials. Trials are a big thing for me. They always have been. I love watching trial horses out of trials and trying to work out that they're in really good order. And I think we're going to get back onto a good deck as well, which is 
going to be ideal for him. He's, he's a real turn of foot type horse who needs a good deck, and I think we'll get it. And uh, this trip suits second up off a four months freshen. I think he's the right price to have a sort of a one times four crack. I'm interested to hear if you're keen on him as well, mate, or playing around. Yeah, look, I am keen, and everything you've mentioned is is perfectly spot on. And go have a look at the dangers in this race. Love sensation. Go have a look at the uh, past runs it's been beaten at. It's SPs, mate. It's it's on one from 19. So I'm not saying it can't win, but you go have a look through its runs. 380, easily beaten. 390, easily beaten. Ran last. $4.20, easily beaten. It's just not it's just not yielding. Um, and I said the same thing about Paladas and uh, and the other glitter strip. They're the same. The bookies just keep them short, keep them short, and I'm not seeing them win at all. Another golden runner here, Night Mariner, um, has the potential, but two from ten off the boil lately, six fifty. So if you put a spotlight back on Rabamos, who's absolutely flying, forget that first up run. I think it's extremely hard to beat in a field where Jury's out for most of these, mate. Probably worried about Enterprise Mayor. Just good running pattern, knows how to win. But I think a lot of these are struggling for form. Um, love sensation. As I said, mate, it can win. But, you know, that, that'll make it two from 19. Do you want to get involved? Not for me. $6.50 punters. Get around Rubamos in the last Doombin and uh, we'll, be on, we'll be on for a fill-up. Uh, best bet for me, mate, over the weekend, Smonova, uh, race six at, at, at Ramwick. I, I um, suggest that uh, this horse trial really well leading in, and, and I think that she's got a bit of ability there, Smonova, and uh, with this improving track, I think she's going to be pretty hard to hold out, and I think this might be her breakthrough campaign. Um, just avoided all the wet weather recently. I know it's coming up again, but she's hard to beat there at Smonova, $4.40. And value runner for mine is Casino Kid uh, off a hot tempo there in race nine. Um, I think, you know, he'll, he'll be able to run on there at Ramwick and I think he's the right price at 14. What do you got for us best in value, mate? Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna also, um, with, with the Casino Kid race, mate, I think best bet silent agenda on, on the pure fact that this is the spot that it wins. This is the track that it wins at. And um, the theory is proven with horses uh, like Wild Chap yesterday who... Um, didn't look to threaten on form, but it got back to its track and made it four out of four. So horses for courses, silent agenda and casino kid getting involved there. And best bet of the day, mate, I'm going to take a massive swing here. I'm going to go with Kissinger purely on the couple of excuses, but Flemington race four, $46. I'm just bullish it's going to beat the awesome sun. And if that's my measuring stick and the awesome sun, $7, I'm bullish it's in the finish. It's one of these horses where breathing issues and a couple of other things wrong, but um, you go back the end of last year and it was running over this trip pretty much in this grade and going mighty close. So at $46, I think that's an outstanding play. I wouldn't shock to see me at all right in the finish. And this is why I like having you on the podcast, mate. There's not many tipsters around the country that are tipping up a $46 uh, best bet for the weekend and a seventeen dollar value bet, but uh, you know you you got a great record with horses at good odds, and um, yeah, we certainly we don't like coming on here and tipping up two dollar favourites. We like doing form properly and finding winners, and it's a pleasure to to talk it through with you. So hopefully, mate, we can have another great weekend and uh, hopefully plenty of winners for punters. And thanks for joining me again. Thanks for the kind words, mate. Good luck, punters, and um, hopefully another fill up for you again, fish. Very good with the uh, with the tips last weekend. So back the man in, fill the pockets. <laughs> That's it. Fingers crossed. Up the counter, Rupee on his way to the Everest. Cheers, guys. Have a great weekend. Yes.